0: chapter 1 the living world in this chapter we are going to learn about what is living diversity in living world taxonomic categories and taxonomical aids. before we begin with the chapter let's get to know about Ernest Mayer who was the Harvard University evolutionary biologist and has been known as the Darwin of 20th century now let's begin what is living when we try to define living we conventionally look for distinctive characteristics exhibited by living organisms growth, reproduction, ability to sense environment and mount a suitable response come to our mind immediately as unique features of living organisms one can add a few more features like metabolism ability to self-replicate, self-organize, interact and emergence to this list let us try to understand each of these all living organisms grow increase in mass and increase in number of individuals are twine characteristics of growth a multicellular organism grows by cell division in plants this growth by cell division occurs continuously throughout their lifespan in animals this growth is seen only up to a certain age however cell division occurs in certain tissues to replace lost cells unicellular organisms grow by cell division one can easily observe these in vitro cultures by simply counting the number of cells under the microscope in majority of higher animals and plants growth and reproduction are mutually exclusive events one must remember that increase in body mass is considered as growth non-living objects also grow if we take increase in body mass as a criterion for growth mountains boulders and sand molds do grow however this kind of growth exhibited by non-living objects is by accumulation of material on the surface but in living organisms growth is from inside growth therefore cannot be taken as a defining property of living organisms conditions under which it can be observed in all living organisms have to be explained and then we can understand that it is a characteristic of living systems a dead organism does not grow reproduction likewise is a characteristic of living organisms in multicellular organisms reproduction refers to the production of progeny possessing features more or less similar to those of parents Invariably and implicitly, we refer to sexual reproduction. Organisms reproduce by asexual means also. Fungi multiply and spread easily due to millions of asexual spores they produce. In lower organisms like eastern hydra, we observe budding. In planaria flatworms, we observe true regeneration that is a fragmented organism regenerates the lost part of its body and becomes a new organism the fungi the filamentous algae the protonema of mosses all easily multiply by fragmentation when it comes unicellular organisms like bacteria unicellular algae or amoeba reproduction is synonymous with growth that is increase in number of cells We have already defined growth as equivalent to increase in cell number or mass. Hence, we notice that in single-celled organisms, we are not very clear about the usage of these two terms, that is, growth and reproduction. Further, there are many organisms which do not reproduce. For example, mules, sterile worker bees, infertile human couples, etc hence reproduction also cannot be an all-inclusive defining characteristic of living organisms of course no living object is capable of reproducing or replicating by itself another characteristic of life is metabolism all living organisms are made of chemicals These chemicals small and big belonging to various classes sizes functions etc are constantly being made and changed into some other biomolecules these conversions are chemical reactions or metabolic reactions there are thousands of metabolic reactions occurring simultaneously inside all living organisms be they unicellular or multicellular all plants and animals fungi and microbes exhibit metabolism the sum total of all the chemical reactions occurring in our body is metabolism no non-living object exhibits metabolism metabolic reactions can be demonstrated outside the body in cell-free systems an isolated metabolic reaction outside the body of an organism performed in a test tube is neither living nor non-living hence while metabolism is a defining feature of all living organisms without exception isolated metabolic reactions in vitro are not living things but surely living reactions hence cellular organization of the body is a defining feature of life forms perhaps the most obvious and technically complicated feature Of all living organisms is this ability to sense their surroundings or environment and respond to this environmental stimuli which could be physical chemical or biological we sense our environment through our sense organs plants respond to external factors like light water temperature and other organisms pollutants etc All organisms from the prokaryotes to the most complex eukaryotes can sense and respond to environmental cues. Photoperiod affects reproduction in seasonal breeders. Both plants and animals, all organisms handle chemicals entering their bodies. All organisms, therefore, are aware of their surroundings. Human being is only organism who is aware of himself, that is, has self-consciousness. Consciousness therefore becomes the defining property of living organisms. When it comes to human beings, it is more or less difficult to define the living state. Because we observe patients lying in coma in hospitals, virtually supported by machines which replace heart and lungs, the patient is otherwise brain dead. The patient has no self-consciousness, are such patients who never come back to normal life living or non-living in higher classes you will come to know that all living phenomena are due to underlying interactions properties of tissues are not present in the constituent cells but rise as a result of interactions among the constituent cells similarly properties of cellular organelles are not present in the molecular constituents of the organelle but arise as a result of interactions among the molecule components comprising the organelle these interactions result in emergent properties at a higher level of organization This phenomenon is true in the hierarchy of organizational complexity at all levels. Therefore, we can say that living organisms are self-replicating, evolving and self-regulating interactive systems capable of responding to external stimuli. Biology is the storehouse of life on earth. Biology is the story of evolution of living organisms on earth all living organisms present past and future are linked to one another by the sharing of the common genetic material but to varying degrees now diversity in the living world if you look around you will see a large variety of living organisms be it potted plants insects birds your pets or other animals and plants There are also several organisms that you cannot see with your naked eye, but they are all around you. If you were to increase the area that you make observations in, the range and variety of organisms that you see would increase. Obviously, if you were to visit a dense forest, you would probably see a much greater number and kinds of living organisms in it each different kind of plant animal or organism that you see represents a species the number of species that are known and described is a range between 1.7 to 1.8 million this refers to biodiversity or the number and types of organisms present on earth we should remember here that as we explore new areas and even old ones new organisms are continuously being identified as stated earlier there are millions of plants and animals in the world we know that plants and animals in our own area by their local names These local names would vary from place to place even within a country probably you would recognize the confusion that could be created if we did not find ways and means to talk to each other to refer to organisms we are talking about hence there is a need to standardize the naming of living organisms such that a particular organism is known by the same name all over the world this process is known as nomenclature obviously nomenclature or naming is only possible when the organism is described correctly and we know to what organism the name is attached to this is known as identification so to refer a organism we have to first identify it then nomenclature and then we have to classify it to its group in order to facilitate the study number of scientists have established procedures to assign a scientific name to each known organism this is acceptable to biologists all over the world For plants, scientific names are based on agreed principles and criteria, which are provided in International Code for Botanical Nomenclature, ICBN. You may ask, how are animals named? Animal taxonomists have evolved International Code of Zoological Nomenclature, that is ICZN. We also have ICVN, that stands for international code of viral nomenclature the scientific names ensure that each organism has only one name description of any organism should enable the people that is in any part of the world to arrive at the same name they also ensure that such a name has not been used for any other known organism biologists follow universally accepted principles to provide a scientific names to known organisms each name has two components generic name and a specific epithet this system of providing a name with two components is called binomial nomenclature this naming system given by carlos Linnaeus, is being practiced by biologists all over the world this naming system using two different word format was found convenient let us take the example of mango to understand the way of providing scientific names better the scientific name of mango is written as mangifera indica so let us know how it is the binomial name the scientific name of mango is written as mangifera indica let us see how it is a binomial name in this name magnifera represents the genus while indica is a particular species or a specific epithet other universal rules of nomenclature are as follows biological names are generally in latin and written in italics they are latinized or derived from latin irrespective of their origin the first word in a biological name represents the genus while the second component denotes the species both the words in a biological name when handwritten are separately underlined or printed in italics to indicate their latin origin the first word denoting the genus starts with a capital letter while the specific epithet starts with a small letter it can be illustrated with the example of mangifera indica name of the author appears after the species name that is at the end of the biological name and is written in an abbreviated form for example mangifera indica lean l-i-n-n it indicates that this species was first described by carlos Linnaeus. since it is nearly impossible to study all the living organisms it is necessary to devise some means to make this possible this process is known as classification classification is the process by which anything is grouped into convenient categories based on some easily observable characters for example we easily recognize groups such as plant or animal or dogs cats or insects the moment we use any other terms we associate certain characters with the organism in that group the scientific term for these categories is taxa here you must recognize that taxa can indicate categories at very different levels plants also form a taxa wheat also a taxa similarly animals mammals dogs all are taxa but you know that dog is a mammal mammals are animals therefore animals mammals dogs all represent taxa but at different levels hence based on characteristics all living organisms can be classified into different taxa and this process of classification is known as taxonomy external and internal structure along with the structure of cell development process and ecological information of organisms are essential and form the basis of modern taxonomic studies hence characterization identification classification and nomenclature are the processes that are basic to taxonomy taxonomy is not something new human beings have always been interested in knowing more and more about the various kinds of organisms particularly with reference to their own use in early days human beings needed to find sources for their basic needs of food clothing and shelter hence the earliest classifications were based on the uses of various organisms Human beings were since long not only interested in knowing more about different kinds of organisms and their diversities, but also the relationships among them. This branch of study is referred to as systematics. The word systematics is derived from Latin word systema, which means systematic arrangement of organisms. Linnaeus used systema naturae" as the title of his publication the scope of systematic was later enlarged to include identification nomenclature and classification systematics take into account evolutionary relationships between organisms that is the phylogenetic of organisms taxonomic categories and taxonomic aids will be continued in next part thank you